Um, there's no question that K2 the church was God's idea. And that's why it was his idea. I am absolutely convinced after seven years that I know that God called us into existence because God cares about every single person who lives in this valley. And his longing is for every one of you in this room and all the people that you know to come into a personal, real, intimate, fulfilling, rightening is the word I, I, I think of, eternal relationship with him. And so I just want to say again, man, if you're here today and, and you're just checking out Christianity, you're wondering about this whole idea, if, if Jesus could be real or if God might be the way the, to really know life, Man, you just, we, that's why we're here. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. That's why we started this church, was so that, you could go, so that you could have a safe place to just go on a journey and discover for yourself the reality of Christ and who he can be in your life. And so, uh, but secondly, I just want to say for all of you who give your life here, who already have made a decision for Christ and K2's your home and you're pouring yourself out here, man, when I watch that video, don't you just go, Let's do it again. I mean, let's just, let's just, man, only seven years. Let's do 70 more. I, I just sit there and I think when the scripture says, you guys, don't grow weary. Don't get tired. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I just hope you'll remember throughout our time here today that whatever you pour out for God here at K2, he's using that. And he's literally coming into and changing people's lives for eternity. And then I also uh, just want to say to those of you guys who, who you're Christians, you do believe in Jesus, um, but you haven't jumped in yet, if this is your kind of where you're coming or maybe you're checking us out, I don't know about you, but if I see a video like that, I just go, I want to put the jersey on and I want to play. I want to get in the game. I want to be part of that. I want to give my life to that. And so as we celebrate seven years, um, one of the things that's exciting to me is obviously God ain't done yet, Right? God is still alive and he's still at work and he's still loving people and he's still changing lives. And that's why we're still here because we want to be a part of that. And so, and I want to say too, man, after seven years, I am more convinced than ever that we're not going to rest as a church and we are going to join him in the fight to make sure that every person in this valley has a chance to hear about the amazing love of God that's given through Christ. So, all right. Let me read a passage for you to kind of kick us off here. It's in Romans chapter 13. Starts with verse 8. I, don't, I didn't put this up on the screen, so um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it. just want to kind of use this as, to kick us off to what I want to share with you today. It says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. It's Romans 13, that's verse 8. Verse 9, the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet. Whatever other commandment there may be, they're all summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So the guy comes to Jesus, he says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Well, love God, man. Love him with everything you've got, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love each other. Everything else is summed up in that. Now, if that's true, in verse 11, he goes on, he says, so then do this, love each other like that, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up. <laughs> the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. 
because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. In other words, no matter when you came to a point as a follower of Christ, whenever you came to a point to believe, we're on this journey of getting closer and closer to God, and he's, it's nearer. The ultimate work of God, the fulfillment of all that he's going to do, it just gets closer every day. So he says, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now let me just ask you guys a question. If you put on armor, there's only one reason you put on armor. Why? Because you're going to fight. I, oh yeah, oh, somebody's excited, I'm glad. Okay, because here's the deal. We are in a fight, and that's what I want to share with you. If you were here in the, in the opening song, it's called Awake and Alive. And uh, if you didn't catch the words, it said this. I'm at war with the world. And we are. He goes, and they, and they try to pull me into the dark. I struggle to find my faith as I'm slipping from your arms. It's getting harder to stay awake, and my strength is fading fast. And then you breathe into me at last. I'm awake. I'm alive. Now I know what I believe inside. Now it's my time, and I'll do what I want, because this is my life here, right now. I'll stand my ground, and I'll never back down. I know what I believe inside, and that makes me awake, and I'm alive. Man, I just want to tell you about back in the spring, somebody who's been part of us, uh, part of K2 for quite a while, sent me an email, and that's the exact phrase she used. She goes, Dave, I just want to let you know we're waking up. We're waking up. And I just want to tell you, I'm waking up, too. I've shared this a few, uh, a few weeks ago. I had the privilege and honor, really, to be able to go and take a sabbatical this summer. And I, I, it was amazing to me, you guys, getting away and pulling out of this. I literally feel like God just pumped me on the head and woke me up. Because here's what's amazing, you guys. We're all at a war, every single one of us. And I'm no exception. You're at a war to be connected to God. I'm at a war to stay connected to God. And it never ends. And our enemy, our spiritual enemy, is so good that he can subtly get you to a place where you fall into a slumber. You actually, you still go to church. I was coming to church right? I was actually speaking to you guys. And slowly, you can start to get numb to being really sensitive to God and knowing him closely, and you get caught up in the things of this world. And I am so grateful, man. I got away, and God just opened my eyes, and man, I feel more awake than I have in years. And partly what happens is you start to get really sensitive to the Spirit of God when you're awake. And that's a really cool thing. You can't do it when you're in a stupor. And so, so the verse just says, come on, you guys, we've got to get awake and get alive. And I gave this message right after I came back called Chasing After Hot Dog Buns. How many of you guys were here to hear that message? Okay, so here's the deal. That chasing after hot dog buns, for me, was getting caught up into the slumber of going after the things of this world. Starting next week, I'm going to take four weeks, and I'm going to do a series called Unpacking the Hot Dog Buns. Okay? So literally, I want to share with you in depth what God revealed to me this summer about how we can stay awake and how we can make sure that we don't slip into the spiritual slumber and start to get closed off to God, all right? So I want to ask you to, man, join me in this month of October as we jump into this. If you didn't hear the message, Chasing After Hot Dog Buns, you can go onto our website and you can download it there or go to iTunes and you can get our podcast, okay? I'd encourage you to listen to that message so you'll be prepared for kind of the foundation of what I'm going to talk on for the next four weeks, all right? Now, 
Let me, uh, I'm going to read to you a, a passage uh, as well that, that I just love about this. And it's in the, uh, the message. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the message, but it's a translation of the Bible that a guy, Eugene Peterson, he took the original language of Greek and then he used, he translated it into language like we use in our normal conversation. Okay. So listen to this in Romans. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed spiritually and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourself in Christ and get up and go about it. Isn't that awesome? Man, I love that. And then in Ephesians, he goes on and says this, you groped your way through the dark once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, and the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and do it. Don't waste your time on useless work, busy work, and barren pursuits of the darkness. Expose these things for the sham that they are. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step and use your head and make the most of every chance you get because these are desperate times. Oh, isn't that good? I mean, is that good? Oh, okay, for the six of us, it's good. All right. Well, let me, let me just tell you, man. See, this is good for Jesus because when Jesus came, that was how he lived. He was, when he came into this world, he was on mission and he lived every moment for light and truth. And what did he do? Well, the first thing, one of my favorite verses in in John 14 says, Jesus told us, the world must learn. I love the father and I do whatever he tells me to do. I love the father and I obey every command. See, so one of the things that Jesus did is he was so tight with his father that whatever he wanted to do, he did. And that's why he changed the world. Because he literally was perfect in step with the Spirit. And God wants to change the world. And secondly, what Jesus did is he loved every human being he ever came in contact with. There wasn't one person that would ever run into Jesus without being loved by him. And third, Jesus literally gave his life so that those who were disconnected from God could be connected to God. He gave his life For that purpose, in fact, as he said, for the joy set before me of knowing that I'll get to be with you for eternity, I'd gladly suffer and be rejected and die. I will give up my life for you so that you can be back connected to God. And then after I get done with all that, we'll hang out forever and it'll be really, really good. So you know what? That was Jesus. Now we're the church. You guys know what the church is called? the body of Christ. You know what that means? Then the church, so any of the church is full, what the, the definition of the church is literally people who have put their faith in God, in Christ, 
And now Christ, supernaturally, if you're looking for a spiritual depth in your life, there is nothing more spiritual than the teaching of Christ. Because he's saying, I will live inside, dwell inside your very being. And I do as soon as you put your faith in me. So the church are all these people that Jesus lives in now. Well, what's that mean then? What should the church be doing? Well, apparently we should be doing whatever the father wants us to do. We should be loving the father with all of our heart and then doing exactly what he does because that's what Jesus does, right? And now he lives inside us. See, at, at K2, we call that being focused. Focused. Jesus fixed his eyes. We're supposed to fix our eyes and love God more than anything else in this world and do everything that he wants us to do. So Jesus lives inside us. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love every person that we run into because he's inside of us. Do you guys know as he dwells within you as a follower of Christ, every person next to you matters the world to him and he loves them. And he literally is sitting inside of you going, oh, I can't wait to love them through you. So here at K2, we call that being tight, that we're seeking to create a community right here in this room. And when we gather together of people who are literally free from this self-absorbed life so we can love each other because Jesus lives in us and that's what we do. We're the body of Christ. And then the third thing, what do we do? If Jesus is living inside of us, we will literally give up our lives so that people who are disconnected from God have a chance to be connected to him. And why do we live like that? Because Jesus is inside of us. And now he's like, this is so cool. I live in you. That means I get to go to your work. I live in you. I get to go to your school. I live in your neighborhood. I have a chance now through you to let every person that your sphere of influence is in know that I love them, that I can reconnect them to God and hang out with them for eternity. And so we at K2, we call that, we're going to be out there. We are going to be out there. We're focused, we're tight, and we're out there. And so that's what I, I just want to help you this year as we look at, we're seven years old and we're going into our eighth year. In our eighth year, you guys, we are literally going to fight, put on the armor of light of what's true and right and good. We're going to put it on and we're going to fight to help every person get one step closer to God. Every person get one step closer to God. You know who that means? Every person. In the Greek, it means every person. Okay. No, what, what, here's what I want to tell you. That means you. Oh my gosh. I, I so hope if you hang with us this year, then when our eighth anniversary comes up, you're going to be up on this video and you're going to be going, unbelievable what God did in my life this year. See, his goal is that all of us would be transformed into the image of Christ with ever-increasing glory, a little bit by little bit. And our goal is this year, we're going to fight that you will take one step closer to God. I'm fighting because I want to take one step closer to God. I can tell you this, I feel like I'm quite a few steps closer just in the last two months. Now, is that cool? Yes. It is for me. And I'm telling you, and that's what he wants to do for you. So are you going to join the fight? And then we're going to fight so that every person right now who has no idea that God's crazy about them, who has no idea that his love is perfect and holy for them, who their whole view of God is he's up there demanding that they get all this stuff right and then hopefully maybe...
you don't, he'll slam you down. That that God will just get thrown to hell where he belongs and that the right God will be presented to people so that they can find out you can have a loving relationship with God. And we're going to fight like mad for that to happen. And here's how I want to say it. Here's our vision for this year. Is Jesus said, or the scriptures tell us, that he came to destroy the work of the devil. He came to destroy the work of the devil. If you're going to put it in a nutshell, you guys, what do you think the work of the devil is? Anybody got an idea? Sin, which, for sure. Okay, I'll just tell you. <laughs> I got the answer. No, <laughs> no, you know what the devil wants to do? All he wants to do is keep you from being connected to God. He will do anything he can to keep you from being connected to God. And Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to destroy that work. He lies to you. We have so many screwed up ideas of who God is because our enemy knows if he can make you think wrongly about God, the last thing you'll ever want to do is trust him. And that goes for you who aren't Christians yet. And that goes for pastors too. He will never stop battling us to keep us from being connected to God. Some of you guys are Christians in here and you haven't felt the freedom and the life that God wants for you in a really long time. You want to know why? Because you're in a battle spiritually for your heart and for your mind and for your soul. And so this year, this is how we're saying it today. We are going to fight hell. Literally, we're going to fight hell. You guys want to join me? All right. Okay, we got about a third of you. By the end of the day, you're all going to be in. Just wait. All right. So here's where we go. Number one, here's what we're going to do. We are literally going to fight hell to be one with God. Here's the first thing we're going to fight. We are going to fight hell to help every single one of us be one with God. Why? Because that's how Jesus lived. He knew he was loved by the Father. He completely surrendered his life so that the Spirit could just indwell within him. He walked every single moment with the Father. And so we're going to fight hell to help every single one of you and me get one step closer to God so we literally can keep in step with him, receive the life that he has for us, live in it, and be the impact that he wants us to be. So what are we going to do? Well, one of the things that has to happen is we got to teach. So we're going to do this right? So on Sunday mornings, we're going to get together and we're going to constantly be doing all that we can to teach you the truth about who God is. Now, this is really important because you need to understand the truth about who he is. Most of the books that were written to the new churches, Paul had to write to the new churches. There were lots of different reasons, but one of the reasons was that there were these teachers who were teaching a bunch of bull hockey. That was a Michigan term, by the way. They were teaching a bunch of stuff that wasn't true. It was heresy. And so Paul was like, oh my gosh, if you guys start believing this stuff, you are going to be so skewed about your view of God and it's going to mess up your freedom. It's going to mess up your intimacy. It's going to mess up everything. So we've got to teach you who he is. And I tell you guys this all the time. The danger that we have is that we want to make up a God in our own mind. We want to take our limited experience and our limited understanding and place that on God and say he's like that. So our job is to come together with you and say, okay, let's look and see who God has said he is so that we can understand the truth about him. But now here's the other thing that's really important if you're going to know God because it's not just about gaining a bunch of knowledge. See, one of the problems in the church is we think that spiritual maturity is knowing a lot of stuff. 
okay? Do you guys know people who know a lot of stuff who don't look anything like Jesus? You guys know anybody like, okay. See, so that apparently is not spiritual maturity, is knowing a lot of stuff. I met with a guy this summer, and I looked up his quote to me again this morning, and he says, spiritual maturity is not knowledge. Spiritual maturity is love. Spiritual maturity is not knowledge. Spiritual maturity is love. Now, hopefully you heard me. Am I saying, oh, cool, I don't have to know anything then. I'll just love people. No. (laughs) Okay? But what I'm saying is, if you don't take, because even the scripture says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Right? So what that means is, everything that you learn, you got to figure out how to actually put it into practice. Because all truth is given to you to help you to know how to love God and how to love others. So if it's, turning, if it's not turning into love, then we're not being mature at all in our faith, okay? But this year, we're going to fight hell to help you to have a correct understanding of who God is and to help us grow in our maturity of living that out in love. And the reason, you guys, we got to fight hell is because your spiritual enemy does not want you to know him. It wants to keep you separated from him, and it's going to do everything it can to distract you. And my, part of my question will be, like, how many of you will be here next year? At the end of September, after you've been attacked, after your life has been hard, after you've struggled, will you stay strong and say, I'm going to fight the good fight of the faith? I'm going to go on. Now, here's the deal. Here's how we're going to do today, just real quick, is uh, how many of you guys know the word amen, right? Amen? All right? Amen, right? Okay, if you guys would say amen, I might get excited up here, you know, so. But here's the deal. What that word means is I completely agree. (laughs) so literally so when you get done with a prayer and you say amen what you're saying is god i agree with you and i'm in okay so here's what we're gonna do i literally if i'm gonna ask you right now will you join with me this year in the fight against hell to help every one of us grow closer to god and if you will say amen Amen. now oh that was good all right all right. So you, seriously, you guys, how are we going to do that? We're going to do it right here on Sunday mornings. Adventure Canyon does it for kids. You know, just by the way, two doors down, if you guys haven't seen it, we have a brand new building called the garage for our high school and junior high kids. By the way, we have no room left here, so we built up a whole other thing. It's an awesome space. This is the mural that got painted in there by one of our dudes. It's awesome. And uh, just the, the, the fusion and vertical just started last week. So we've got that going. If you've got kids, teenagers, I encourage you to get them involved in this. In our Life Together groups, we've, we've We've got uh, groups all over the valley all week long who are taking the word of God and studying it to know him more and to understand him better. Discovering K2, if you're new here, we started a brand new thing recently. We're right after the service. It'll start next week again. Right after service, you can just go for a short understanding of the depth of who we are. It's just a really good first step. Last month, we had 40 people who went all three weeks. It's a three-week deal and just are moving to get to know God better. We started K2U last week, which we've been uh, telling you guys about. We had 150 people sign up for K2U. That's awesome. And then you add the crash course, that's 50 more people. 200 adults this year, right now, are saying, I want to know him more. See, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to keep offering that to you so that you can keep fighting, so that you can know him more. All right. Okay, here we go. Now the pedal to the metal, because i got to get over to Redbox. All right, here we go. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing we're going to fight. We are going to fight against hell to love each other. Amen. Amen. Bring it on. Amen. 
seriously, you guys. And why are we going to do that? Because if Jesus lives in me, there is not one person I will ever run into that he doesn't want to love through me. See, you guys, what the church is supposed to be is a completely different community of people who've been so loved and forgiven by God that we can't help but love each other that way. Now, can I ask you a question? Why do we have to fight against hell to love each other? You know why? Because the enemy, the last thing he wants is for your relationships to be bound and tight. He's going to work like hell this year to destroy your marriage. And he's going to do it every year. He's going to work to separate you from your children. He's going to work to divide K2 the church. He does everywhere the enemy lurks. He wants to make sure that we, that we move away from love and instead get into acts of judgment, you know, put really high standards on people that no one else can reach and then judge them when they don't do it. We love to do that. And then we like to tell, call, uh, tell about them to other people, you know, that's called gossip and slander. And then we, we, our whole lives get caught up in looking at each other in this inability to love. Why? Because Jesus said, did you guys know if you would really love each other, you know what would happen? The whole world is looking to be loved. And they'd peer in this place and go, what's going on there? And Jesus says, the whole world would know that I was sent from the Father if you guys would just love each other. You don't think the enemy's gonna fight that? He's gonna do everything he can to make us angry and bitter and hurt and critical and selfish. And we gotta fight hell to love each other. So we're gonna fight to actually speak the truth and love to one another and not tell somebody else about it. We're going to cover each other's backs. We're going to give each other grace, right? When people don't meet the standard. You know, I've always, I've said this from day one, the only guarantee I can give you as a pastor is I'm going to let you down. And if I actually get to know you, you're going to let me down. So what are we going to do when that happens? Yeah, are we going to give each other grace? I mean, what happens, you guys, in those moments is you go, oh my goodness, how many times have I let Jesus down? Hello? <laughs> and what does he offer you? His grace and his forgiveness, and he welcomes you back in. And we're the body of Christ. Man, the world should be looking at us and going, that place rocks because they love. So here you go. Are you ready to fight hell with me so that we will love each other? Amen. All right, and here's the last one. We're going to fight against hell to be a church that never thinks about itself first. We're going to fight against hell to be a church that never exists for itself. Why? Because can you guys picture, if you know anything about Jesus, if you've read the Bible at all, can you imagine Jesus walking around and go, dude, God, I love this great relationship we have. This is awesome. And then keeping it to himself. No, this is, this is great. You know, going up and hiding in the hills. No way. Everything that the Father, that Jesus received from the Father, he poured out. Philippians 2 says he emptied himself. He was never about himself. He took on the very nature of a servant. He goes, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life away as a ransom. So and now that Jesus is living in me and he's living in you, if we're the church, if we're the body of Christ, then we can never exist for ourselves. But here's the problem. Human nature is always bent towards it. It's just me, 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 me. Look out for number one. Do we, we can't help it. It's in us. That's why we need Jesus. You know what he saves us from? This. 
which destroys every one of your relationships, which causes so much of our angst and our anxiety and our worry is because I can't help but think about me. And he wants to set you free. But here's the problem. What the church is, is a bunch of humans who are struggling with this. And so what happens is the church starts to think about itself. And I'm telling you more than ever, God has made it so clear to me ever since I've been back. Nelson, I did not create K2, the church, for itself. This place is going to exist for the world. We are going to be outside of here, and we're going to be on mission to help every person that we know get connected to God. Now, we're going to have to know him well to do that. We're going to have to be grounded in his truth and discipled well, and we got to love each other and be arm in arm. But the reason we know him and the reason we're arm in arm is because we're the body of Christ and Christ came to save the world. Got to be careful of my word choice. (laughs) So let me ask you a question. Will you fight against hell? Because you know hell wants K2 the church to be about us. What kind of, what's in it for me? And how do I get what I need? And what, is the message good? And sorry. And uh, is the worship, uh, you know what? He just wants us to do this. And we got to bust out of that, you guys. Will you fight against hell so that we will be a church that never exists for itself? Amen. All right. So here's the deal, you guys. We got so many opportunities to do that. Some of you are here this morning. I swear, when I have a chance to hang out, I got to get out of here. I got to get over to Red. All right, let's forget it. So here's the deal. So, so what are we going to do? We're just, we're going to have our eyes open. And I want to ask you to pray for us. The Adventure Canyon has taken over the building. None of us have offices here anymore. Our kids have just, we have no room here. I know there's a few empty seats, but there's no space for our kids and beyond. So if we're going to continue to grow and reach people, we know that God has called us. That's why we came together. We came together to be stronger for what God has for us in the future. And I want to ask you to pray because this week, you guys, we are making, taking some major steps forward in the pursuit of that fun dome in that building. And we want you to ask, yeah, it's cool. Now, here's the deal. We don't, we don't know. We don't know if that's God's place for us. We do know we need a bigger place, but we're trying to follow him. So pray for us this week that God will give us wisdom and favor and provision and leading so that his will is done. All right? And so here we go. Being a church that doesn't exist for itself, being a church that's tight, being a church that is so connected to God that when he moves us, we do whatever he tells us to do. Oh, man. You want 011, 12 to rock? You want it to rock? Then let's be a church that fights hell for that, okay?